right, welcome back, everybody. Today we are joined by Mr. Spencer Thomas Smith. What's going on, Spencer? Oh, you know, just another day. It's another Move day. Some dirt, talk to some kids. If you didn't know, that's an odd intro, but I work at an elementary school as my day job. So okay, I was about to say, let's jump right into that. Moving <laughs> some dirt, talking to some kids. That's your uh, that's your next album name. Uh, sure. Sure. Okay. Y'all heard it here first on Indie B&B. Um, well, yeah, we uh, Grant came across you at a show recently um, and said we got to get this guy on, so we're glad to have you on. Um, let's just jump right from the beginning. How'd you get into music, man? Uh, I've been doing music for a long time. My dad was a worship leader, so it's always been around in churches and stuff like that, and then Around college, I started writing my own and playing in bands and just kind of snowballed from there into what I do now as Spencer Thomas Smith. Nice. Um, yeah, we see a lot of that with people, you know, coming up, especially bands in the South. A lot of guys coming up through the church and that's sort of their first exposure. Oh, um, yeah. Were you playing like in church bands or anything like that? Yeah, my dad put me up there as soon as I could actually play and then um i led worship for a little while which is a different backstory and a different whole different thing but um, <laughs> um yeah, i did that for a while um but really fell in love with music my mom introduced me to most of the music that i love um so like springs teen and james taylor she was always listening to that and so mm -hmm. just liked it just kept going so how did uh how did you kind of use your you know church worship background to kind of meld that with sort of springsteen James Taylor sound to kind of create who you are? Um, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I also grew up in Nashville, so country music was always right there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just where most of my influences came from, listening to country music. And um, I write a lot about kind of about God and more or less. Um, so it's kind of like plays with itself. And I don't know. Just what comes out, I guess. Yeah. You know, um, I see you got a lot of acoustics and some electrics back there. Did yeah, you start? Which one did you start with? Um, I started with acoustic. My first guitar is actually back there. Um, it's a little Taylor. Mm -hmm. um, I got it when I was 10 on my 10th birthday. Um, couldn't really play. And um, then around sixth, seventh grade, I started taking guitar lessons and um, ended up getting a minor in it in college which is useless just like my degree um so it's just two useless <laughs> degrees to, to add on top of each other but you got a you got some good experience out of college i mean you met some guys like uh you know spencer or not spencer you're spencer um spencer. timothy edward carpenter um mm -hmm. and and i know you had you're, you're close with gabrielle grace i believe up in nashville and yeah so y'all, I mean, you you guys kind of you and, and then also i think ben is ben was ben part of that community too All yes ben's strong too so yeah, like, so you had this like community there. Yeah, so Tim and I actually met uh my first day of college. He was on my freshman dorm. Um and we both liked music. Um and then I ended up playing lead guitar in his first band, Edward and Jane, um, and played and toured with them and recorded with them for five years. And uh, also throughout college I was the guitar player in Ben's band. So weird stuff happened up there in Cleveland, Tennessee. Something in the water. Um <laughs> So when we started playing and it was great. 
Hey, you said your degrees were useless, not the college was useless. That's the, yeah, I did say that. Degrees yeah. were useless, not the college. Exactly. That's the what college might be useless now, but that's a different hey. story. Um, yeah, so, you know, what goes into, you know, just based off of doing a little research on you, you call yourself singer-songwriter. So what goes into the process of songwriting for you? Um, songwriting is really a practice, more or less. I started pretty early just writing as much as possible um mm -hmm. i write upwards to 60 to 80 songs a year mm -hmm. um just as a practice sit down every time i sit down i write something um no matter how shitty it is it just comes out and then the best ones i guess stick and i, I decide to record them um but it's a good way just to like get my thoughts moving um making sure i'm not being too into myself it's a good way to just be outside of myself um mm -hmm. and then i just like writing in general so i also like write poetry and i've dabbled in short story and stuff like that and those are all just helpful and good tools for me to come to songwriting because i can say different things in other um avenues that i can't say with songwriting and then they end up just working out and working off of each other to make the best um piece of art that i want Mm hmm. Um, you know, are you when you sit down to to write a song, um, you know, that's I, that's very impressive that you sit down just with the intention of, you know, whatever comes out, comes out. Because I know a lot of people, that's what you get so like stonewalled on, like, oh, does this sound good or mm -hmm. should I just stop writing this? But, you know, do you sit down and create like a guitar piece or do you sit down and find melody or lyrics or? Is it just random every time? It all comes at the same time. I normally just end up picking um, around, sitting down, uh, just saying, like, this is my time. This is my practice. This is my meditations. Like, I know I'm going to start. Um, and it normally just starts with, like, an opening line that I just randomly come up by the top of my head, whatever is needs to come out of me. Um, and then if it sounds cool, I'll write it down in my notes on my phone, and then I'll just try to go as far as I can. Mm -hmm. um, and a big part of my practices is just finishing. Um, I just have to finish, even if it sucks ass, I got to finish it and be done with it. Um, and eventually sometimes it works out to where a really bad, I, a really bad song has a really good idea in it from a day before that I'll work with and I'll come back to it. Uh, but most of the time this only really takes me 20 minutes to an hour to be like done with something and I feel mm -hmm. happy with it um the fine details and the working out stuff come afterwards when I decide that I want to like put it into a bigger piece like record it or put it into an album um then I'll go back to those songs and be like okay how can I make this the best possible version of itself I already think it's good how do I make it the best possible version that's a great mentality to have because I'm, I'm we talk to so many people that I think just get real hung up on the the fine details like as they're writing the song and I mean it just seems like you know even if the song's shitty you know you can get through it and then who knows have you I mean have you ever had one where like maybe like you wrote one today and then you're like oh this sucks I hate the song and then you look back like a month later and you're like actually I might have had something here and you know changed your mind yeah, all the time, um, especially some songs off of this, um, the new album that's coming out this week, like 
the title track gas station blue i had i had that idea um and i wrote that song a previous version of it like a long time and i was like i hate that song a lot um but i love the idea of gas station blue as a concept so i was like how can i make that concept even better um so i took some little phrases out of it um and then just made it into something better um and I try not to let, I try to let the song speak for itself as much as possible, which is why mm-hmm. I don't like spending a lot of time on it um, in terms of like afterthought, um, because it's the most organic version of itself and it lets it, the song change over time the most to where mm-hmm. I never try to define what that song completely is. Because um, the minute I try to define it, then it that's what it is for me the whole time. Um, and so I also never want the listener to have one definition of that song. I want them to hear it, think of one thing and then hear it again and maybe think of something else until they just love it because it reminds them of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like to feel and have those feelings. Yeah. Um, does that, you know, do you, do you ever like test tracks out when you're playing in front of a live audience? Like you're like, Oh, let's see if this one works or, you know, see how it sounds playing live. Oh yeah, that's the majority of what I do. It's this was actually the when Grant saw me it was the first time that I've actually played a set that like I had written and played out before, all the way through. Um, most of the time, I like to throw in new songs, um, just because I get tired mm-hmm. of the same old songs all again. Um, so yeah, I do try to do that a lot. Um, I haven't been playing out much, been moving around too much, and COVID and all that. Yeah, stuff has really like prevented me from like testing songs out on audiences, but that's what I like to get back to. Yeah, well, let's I, go ahead, Grant. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to pick up where right right there with you know with the bookstore show. I mean, so I had two notes in my phone that I look back on. I, I had your name spelled out all the way through, Spencer Thomas Smith. Make sure that I had it right, and then the thing, the, th- the two things that stuck out to me, uh, I wrote down second song. Don't know what the name of it was because like I never, I never like. You go to shows and you don't know what the names of anything yeah. are until like later. And then um, I wrote down second song, and then I wrote down uh, told a joke at the grandma's funeral. So we'll we'll, we'll kind of circle back to that one. But um, what was that second song? <laughs> that second song is actually the title track of the album. That's Gas Station Blue. That's oh, the song that yeah, I was perfect. just talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I had I had most of the songs for the album planned out, and I knew I wanted to call it Gas Station Blue. So I was like, I have to have a song that says at least Gas Station Blue. And so I just like really worked at it, which I normally don't do. I'm trying to get the best version of it. And that's what came out. So glad you like it. Yeah. I mean, hey, like I'm glad that that's worked out perfectly right there. Um, So, you know, one of the things that I noticed that, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people that night were doing, but you especially, you had, you had some stories between the songs. And I think some of the unique parts of seeing, Somebody like yourself live is, is the stories behind the song. So I mentioned one earlier about you, you told a joke at your grandma's funeral and, and no one really laughed or I, I can't remember how it went. You know, again, it was you know a few weeks ago. So yeah. you want to elaborate and just kind of tell that story. And yeah. <laughs> um, which song that tied into. Yeah. So that tied into the two songs in the middle. I can't remember if I actually played both songs, but um, Satellites and Happy, which are already out. Um, yeah. I actually wrote those two songs after my grandpa passed last year um just because they remind me the most one of them is a a song with the perspective of him talking to my grandma um as he was dying of dementia 
Um, and then satellites is uh, about a memory um, of him and all the different memories that I had of him and um, really loosely. Um, he, I remember one trip cause I, I, when I grew up, he lived in Chattanooga. He took me to the aquarium and then to the IMAX theater. And then he took me to this really random, small rifle museum. Um, I'm not huge into guns um, at all. Neither is he, but we just ended up there. And I remember it being the coolest thing in the world that there is a rifle there that was called the Spencer. Um, and I was like, that's so dope. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's just like the fondest memory that I have of him. Then we ate ice cream because we always ate ice cream. Um, but that story about, that's a really niche story that I told about my grandma because most of the, the guy that I was trying to make laugh at my grandma's funeral was the president of our university. Um, so it was like, a, it was like, I was really trying to get the, the big cheese to like crack a smile. And he just did not give it to me at all. <laughs> um, so that was, that was fun. I, I started the, I did, I wrote it all out, you know, it's how you do, you write out the whole speech. And then I got out there, I threw it all away. Um, and my big, my big joke that wasn't howdy, which is how I started it, which was unintentional, was the story of my grandma, uh, me and my wife, Katie, um, first got married and we were living in the same town as my grandparents. Um, and my grandma saw Katie at the grocery store and she, my grandma noticed that Katie wasn't buying any meat, um, which is a big deal um, to her, not to me, because I don't always eat meat all the time. But she was like, Katie, you don't have any meat in there. Um, and Katie was like, no, I don't have any meat. She's like, I'm going to change that. So she bought us pork chops. Um, and we had no fucking clue what to do with those pork chops. We are just like, thanks grandma. And that was it. She always gave us meat and $20. Meat and $20. I love it. I love it. That's, that's awesome. I mean, like, I think that show was very intimate that we had. And, and I think the story part of it was part of like, honestly, one of the best parts very unique to see. So if you ever have a chance, listeners out there, see Spencer Thomas Smith, um, you know, go out and do it because you're going to get not only a show, you know, with music and, and the whole nine yards, but you also get some some good stories. You know, you did you, you did jump into a little bit of the Bob Dylan-esque, you know, with the, with the harmonicas. I mean, how'd you get into that? Like, you know, is it something you've like kind of grown with as you've done music with the harmonicas too, or? Yeah, I thought it would look really cool. Not going to lie. Um, I bought them in high school because I, I was like, I want I play guitar. I like Bob Dylan. I like Bruce Springsteen. Like, I need a harmonica. So I just ordered harmonicas offline and got a neck thing. And I was like, this is me now. Um, and it's really funny. Um, people, people go freaking nuts over the harmonica. It doesn't matter what you do. I used to, when I was first playing in bands, especially playing with Tim, um, I used to have one harmonica solo the whole set and I played like ripping guitar solos the whole time and no one would compliment on this come up to me after was like I love that harmonica and I was like I did so many other things please notice me in other ways um, but no it's just a way to accompany myself because I thought it sounded cool and I was like if Bob Dylan can do it and sound shitty then I can do it um, so it's gonna be great yeah I mean I, I... I saw that and I immediately thought about, I saw a band called Slow Pulp, um, you know, a couple of weeks before. Yeah. And like, actually what you're talking about, it's so true. Like 
the one song that I remembered from the set was the was the one with the harmonica solo. Yeah. And I looked it up on SLS FM. It's called Montana, if you have a chance. But like I was like, man, the harmonica is just such a change up. You don't you know, I don't think everybody can do it. And oh, but you can. Cool. This is for all listeners out there. Harmonica is really easy to learn and sound okay at. Don't you set that at the right key? Set that at the right key. Other than that, that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess in Duck Truck, Tash and I, Tash and I is a you know, soon-to-be fictional band. I'll be playing the harmonica. Tash will be playing lead, lead guitar, drums, bass, and uh, live rhythm guitar as well. So, <laughs> uh, um, but. Well, awesome, man. Well, you know, are there, are there dates coming up? Are there any, you know, I want to make sure we, we shout out any live live sets you have coming up soon, whether they're in the Durham area or anywhere else. Yeah, so I'm actually going on a little tour here at the end of March. Um, let me look at my calendar so I can tell you the exact dates. Um, this is the second half of my spring tour. It's starting March the 25th in Florence, Alabama. Um, then I'll be in Memphis on the 27th. Nashville on the 29th, Cincinnati on the 30th, and then finally in Asheville, North Carolina on the 31st. Um, just going out and do my thing. It's spring break, so I don't have to see the kids. Um, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, you bring anybody with you? No, it's just going to be me. Uh, right. I like it that way. Not going to lie. I can sleep in my car. can wake up whenever I want. Don't have to worry about no one. Solo Dola. We love it. Awesome. Well, if you live in those cities, check out uh, Spencer on those dates uh, that he mentioned. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about them again. But I think that transition is over really well into a little bit of Pete Peterson's party pack of questions. Let's do it. 20 questions right in a row. Here we go, Spencer Thomas Smith. Let's do it. Cake or pie? Pie. Salad or soup? Salad. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Go that home run, hit a home run, or score a touchdown. Friggin' home run, go Braves. I love it. Night in or night out, what are you doing more of nowadays? Definitely night in more of. When you walk into a party and your jam comes on, on your one or two night up, nights out you get, are you more likely to do the robot or the worm? Robot. I like it. Guac or queso at that favorite Mexican spot you go to? Queso. Waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. Coffee or tea with those pancakes? Coffee. I am uh, Mr. Coffee at school. Coffee dude. I don't know why. I told the kids I like coffee, and now they just call me coffee dude. So coffee. I like it. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Got me one. We need, we need more dogs. All right. Ninja or pirate? Pirate. All right, Gatorade or Powerade to replenish yourself? That's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with Gatorade. going to go with the classic Gatorade. Like it, lemon lime. We love it. Toast or bagels? Bagels, for sure. All right, chips or pretzels is a controversial one. How drunk am I? Drunk. Five beers. Five beers? Times five, chips. 25 beers. Five beers, chips, six beers, pretzels. Okay, so a threshold. I like that. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a level of drunkenness that will switch me to pretzels. 
I like it. I like it. Fries or tots? Fries. When you sit down, are you watching a TV show or a movie? TV. Are aliens real? Yeah. Is Bigfoot real? Yeah. Is love at first sight real? I'll say yeah, but my wife will say no. I like it. And final question of Pete Peterson's party pack of questions. Two bands, just give us two, that we might not know, that we ought to check out, that you may be buddies with, or that we're going to tell them, hey, we spent Thomas Smith that sent us um, to check you out. So uh, who are those two bands that you can oh, come to mind okay. for you? Let me think on that for a second. And you can't say Ben. You can't say. Oh, uh, I'm not going to say those two. Screw yeah. those guys. I know them too well. Um, let's see. I did notice you you had on, on some of your playlists some Blaze Foley, which I right. am a big fan of Clay Pigeons. Oh, yeah. By man. Blaze Foley. I, I love me some of that so much. Um, oh, man, this is a hard one. It's too many to pick. Well, I'll give you a Durham one first. Her name, their name is Rhodes Baby. Um, they played with Tim and I in Durham. Uh, they are real good. Um, check out Rhodes Baby. And then right. let's do. Oops. Hmm. Man, this is so hard, man. There's too many bands that run through my mind. Um, I'll give a. Sh- Shout out to my friends up in Cincinnati uh, and the area. My brother's keeper. They're always very kind to me. And I met them through Tim. They're a bluegrass band. And they just shred. They're always great. A little bit of bluegrass. We have not, oh, yeah. uh, haven't, I haven't had any bluegrass on here. So we'll have, to, we'll have to get my brother's keeper on here. You should, man. Benji, Titus, Sawmill. You know, you can't beat it. There's a guy named Sawmill in the band. That's what they call him. I think that's a rule for bluegrass. You got to have one guy named Sawmill. I think so. Exactly. He plays the bass. So. Yeah, of course. Stand up bass. Just love that. Oh yeah, man. Um. All right. Well, like we'd love to thank you so much for answering the Pete Peterson's party pack of questions. You nailed it. I mean, we cranked through those, you know, super quick. So, um. Tash, I'll toss it back to you for a, just a quick wrap this thing up in a bow. Yeah. Um, for those of y'all listening, go see Mr. Coffee on on tour. Um, see if I can remember Florence, then Memphis, then Nashville, then Cincinnati, then Asheville. Yep. Crowd. Go see him. Um, yep. Spencer, it's been a blast having you on. Um, Thank you guys for having me. I regret not being able to see you play in Atlanta, but I'm sure I'll catch you next time. And Next uh, time, man. I'll be around. That's right. We'll we'll get you to that six beer threshold and have some pretzels ready for you. So. Hell yeah, yeah, love that. But it won't be hard to get me to six beers, but perfect. We'll have the pretzels <laughs> ready, rocking, rocking and rolling, ready to go. So. Thank you guys so much for having me. Of course, man. Take care. Right. Set up for the album. Thank you. Friday. 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 Midnight. All right. Thank See you, man. Bye. Love.